This is your host, Matt Sheeks, and you are listening to Northwest Race Report. I'm in the studio today with Morgan Schmidt, racing for Canyon Bicycles, presented by Shimano. And Morgan, it's good to have you here today. This is kind of our pilot episode with Northwest Race Report, so we thought we'd bring in a ringer. And that would certainly be Morgan. I mean, he's the fastest guy I know. So... A um, little bit about the, the purpose of Northwest Race Report is just to give uh, you guys the scoop on any endurance sports racing, uh, training tips, um, equipment reviews throughout the Northwest. So we'll be trying to do this podcast every week, um, probably publishing midweek, Tuesday or Wednesday. So that's the plan. Um, and then uh, in conjunction with this will be the, the Tritheos podcast, which will be a separate podcast, but that should be coming out um, uh, every other week. So actually the, the Northwest Race Report will be every other week, and the Tritheos podcast will be every other week. So one of the two will come out um, each week. So Morgan, uh, we're sitting down here in the studio, and it sounds like you had a good ride today. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, just business as usual. Tuesday, uh, Hill Repeats for me was on the uh, agenda today. But yeah, after after two harder local races of used as training this weekend, um, had a pretty good workout today, I thought. <clears throat> the sun's starting to come out and the temperatures are rising, so you feel a little bit more like you're not freezing the whole ride. So you get better blood flow and whatnot, but yeah, it, it was a fairly good, good training session. I thought. Um, yeah, now it sounds like you were doing the uh, climb out at Duval, uh, which is the the High Rock or the Lake Fontal climb, depending on what you want to call it, right? Yeah. So you were out there, and that's one of the one of the bigger climbs in the area. I believe it's a thousand foot vertical gain, and you know that's a big climb for us out here. Yeah, I, I had to get. 10 minute segments and so you really if you want to make sure you can get 10 and some breathing room you gotta basically go to either Cougar Mountain um, or High Rock Road which I went to High Rock it's a little quieter um, definitely out in the the country roads but yeah it's it, it, you're somewhat limited around here you can only basically get a 15 minute uh, <clears throat> longest hill is about 15 minutes so 15 minutes for you which is probably you know 20 to 30 for the average rider <clears throat> but who holds the record the Strava record on that that climb that high rock climb you uh know? I think some famous cyclists out of Woodenville <laughs> currently I didn't know there were any famous cyclists out of Woodenville <laughs> but you know perhaps Perhaps we'll, we will uh, decide that right here and right now on the on this program, and you know, people will know now that there there is at least one good pro cyclist that's out of Woodenville. So that's that's pretty cool. I believe I have it actually. Right, right, yeah. Currently, Morgan was referring it. to himself there, so yeah, um, trying to be modest, but maybe not so much. So, Morgan, um, you know, it was a surprise to me to see uh, a Facebook post of you in a brand new kit, and, you know, it was bye-bye Jelly Belly, and all of a sudden, uh, in with Canyon's uh, pro cycling team, and, you know, now you're on a specialized bike and all that, so why don't you tell us about the new outfit? Yeah, Canyon Bicycles, they're, uh, they're a racing team out of uh, 
Salt Lake, um, the company is actually two bike shops. Um, they have, I would say, about 50 members in total, and they have an elite team, which I'm on, uh, along with 11 other guys. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we, we raced mostly West Coast uh, races, um, except for the big races in the U.S., U.S. Pro, Colorado, California, Utah. Um, excluding those races, we we have a pretty good schedule, I think. Um, races that suit suit my abilities, and so looking looking at teams this year was honestly a pretty hard year for pro cycling. Just there were a few teams that went went away. So with fewer spots, it's it's all of a sudden this. It's uh, a manager's market, certainly not a good thing for a rider. So there was just uh, very few few uh, positions open. But luckily, um, I got in contact with Canyon Bicycles, and they actually have a, a, a pretty good um, support structure there. So um, yeah, and at at this point in my career, I think having the most opportunities uh, to display your, your talents and abilities is, is kind of what I need now that I'm 29 years old. I'm no longer a fresh off the turnip truck. But yeah, if you're, if you're able to uh, get the training you need and then show up at the races and have the opportunities uh, versus potentially riding for another guy, it's... Uh, about all I can ask for at this point. Um, so I'm I'm pretty happy with uh, having having uh, <clears throat> that that chance to race for uh, Canyon. Yeah, cool. So um, so with this change, you know, you'll kind of have more freedom to um, to race uh, a little bit more um, for yourself, so to speak, and. Um, you know, if there's a, a race that suits you, you might be able to go for the GC. Is that about right? Yes, yes. And it's, I'm probably the most experienced rider on the team. Um, so it's, it's very, uh, very nice to know that chances are there's going to be a lot of times where I'm going to be the guy that is the GC rider, um, which I mean is kind of a new burden, but I think at the same time is something that I I want this year um, to be the the GC rider. So that's that's good. Yeah, well, that's what you've been uh, touted as as a good GC rider all these years, right? I remember watching some some video clip of you online, and that was your ambition. So, what are kind of some of the big races that are on the calendar? Uh, for us, it's. We start off with uh, a San Dimas in two and a half weeks. That's it's got a, a uphill time trial that opens up with that suits my abilities real well. It's not it's not like a huge race, but to win any race anymore is uh, a challenge. So I'd like to start that one off with a bang and do well there. It's it, it's a race that is good for me, so I'm looking to capitalize at that, and then we go to. Uh, hopefully Redlands, we haven't gotten the okay yet, but that's another race that I could excel in. Um, 
they've changed the time trial to a flatter time trial at altitude, so uh, it's not quite as good for me, but uh, we've got some other cards to play too. We've got some up-and-coming guys, so it'll be real interesting to see how the team comes, uh, what they bring um, to those races, because there's a, there's a few wild cards that um, I'm real interested to see how how these guys ride, because I think they're they're younger and not as experienced, but uh, I think these guys have the abilities to, if they can put it together, to have some good results. So that'll be exciting. Um, but then, yeah. so after Redlands, uh, there's a bit of a break, I think a couple weekends, but then we're going to Joe Martin in Arkansas, which is another good race for me, uh, cause it's low altitude, it's fairly hilly, which anymore in the U.S. those races are kind of hard to come by there. There's a lot of flat, flat races anymore, um. Yeah. But then after Joe Martin, the next uh, three days after that, we start uh, Tour de Gila in New Mexico, which is kind of a, it's turned into a classic race in the States. Um, it's a UCI race, so it's it's probably the biggest race that our team will do this year. Um, but yeah, it's... it's uh, pretty mid-level altitude i'd say five to six thousand feet but yeah i mean i've i've had good rides there uh but yeah that's another real important race for me and the team um nice but and then after that we've got we've got almost six weeks off or off from racing so nice nice well that Sounds like a pretty packed schedule. Obviously, as a bike racer, you race a lot, so that gives us gives us a pretty good idea of what you're going to be doing. And so, it, it sounds like what you're saying is that uh, you know it, it's pretty important for you to show up to one of these races that's hilly, but is not necessarily at altitude, and obviously not coming from altitude. Um, like, how big of a factor is that? Is it a is it pretty significant whether you do, you're doing a hard climbing race? at altitude versus kind of down at lower elevation? Oh, yeah. It's it's a pretty big factor anymore. It's it's a, a race of or a game of percentages, and altitude just favors guys who have spent more time um, acclimating. So anymore, the altitude races, you really have to put some thought into your preparation coming into it. So for Gila, ideally... Um, we'll spend some time at altitude either after Redlands or after San Dimas because it's anymore it's there's so many guys that come from Boulder or have spent some time at altitude before that before these races so it, it, it can give a, a rider probably five extra percent but that's enough to either be top 10 or top 30 or even win. I mean, so that's that's the difference. So that's why, yeah, altitude is is a fairly big factor in the states, just because we have a few of these races that have altitude. I mean, Utah, Colorado, Colorado is like the extreme, I would say, for the state or for the the United States, because it's it's uh, nine up to eleven thousand feet. So 
but yeah, for us this year, Gila is uh, our higher highest race. So yeah, sounds um, like you get a lot of good opportunities to you know do the type of race that you're talking about early on, and I guess that's been the trend the last couple of years, right? You'll get kind of some hard stage races with big climbing days that are lower altitude, and then you know as the season progresses, then you get some of these longer stage races, but they happen to be, you know, at pretty high altitude. Yeah, that's right. that's how the, luckily that's kind of how the calendar's set out. Um, I think by virtue of just being at high altitude, none of these places would thaw out in time. I'm sure New Mexico is under snow or has pretty, pretty uh, temperamental weather at the moment. Certainly Colorado does, so it's kind of good that we don't have races early in the season and we're in southern california instead so that's yeah a blessing in disguise too gotcha yeah so so with all the you know the hardships that you have to deal with around the northwest i mean you got the weather you got kind of you know you're you might be at a disadvantage for some of these races that are held at altitude um you know why do you why do you stick around because i know i know we've talked about this a little bit just the you know, sometimes the, the training environment's not ideal and you're spending a lot of time prepping and tearing down for rides in the rain and sometimes you might have to cut a ride short because of, of the weather, especially around here, you know, if it's 40 degrees and it starts dumping rain on you, I mean, that's that's actually worse than it being 25 degrees and dry because everything will get soaked and there's there's no such glove or, or booty that's really going to keep you dry for a very long time in those conditions. Um, so what, what kind of, what kind of keeps you in the Northwest? Uh, it's, I would say sleeping in your own bed, being in your own house. That's, that's the main motivator there. Yeah. And, but you could move to altitude theoretically, or, you know, you could ship off to Boulder like everybody else or Fort Collins or something, right? Well, Boulder people ship off to Tucson in the winter usually because it's too, too temperamental there. That's but, true. So that I mean, that's another. It'd be an option, but at this point, I've I've done all. I've done long, extended stints on the road, and uh, I know what I need kind of more at this point as to what I need for training. So I I feel that I can get a lot of. Just about everything except for the vitamin D from the sunshine uh, in in Seattle. So, just to be home anymore for extended periods of time is, is makes it uh, tolerable. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the main driving factor. And then after that, it's it's like you you know all the roads like the back of your hand, so you can plan your training rides. Uh, there's it's very regimented because um, whenever you go some place that you're not super familiar with, it's you got to figure out how you're going to get to the grocery store or how you're going to go print off something that comes up. You got to go do run this errand, run that errand. So it's I I just find all that stuff to be a lot easier, obviously, when you're out of your own house and. Um, so, with that said, though, obviously the winter in Seattle is not the, the friendliest to bike riding, but uh, I, I think over the years I've just learned to 
uh, learn to dress for it. I think clothing's a huge... Um, having the right clothing at your disposal is is key to get through the winters, and you just learn how to dress, how to what's good, what's not. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Fenders on your bike is, uh, I would say, a must. Yeah, just, we know you're a big advocate of the race blade longs, which you can you know you can take on and off really quickly. Yeah, right? those, so you can kind of be on your normal road bike, and then but you can slap those on and. Yeah, up a couple minutes if you need to. Yeah, the fenders are, I mean, it just makes the ride just that much more tolerable. I mean, because inevitably you're going to get wet, but it's, it, it, you'd rather get wet two hours into the ride versus, uh, two hours into the four-hour ride versus uh, the first five minutes as you would without fenders. So um, it's just about managing being wet at, at some point point you know um and then also you become sort of a meteorologist just trying to dodge storms but anymore it's like you just got to get out the door and commit to your train not not let mother nature get in the way to be honest just because you gotta you gotta you got a job to do yeah if you're gonna stick around seattle you better put up with the weather yeah, well, it sounds like you've certainly developed a system, and you know you're a pretty systematic guy. So you found, you know, you've created a plan and gotten the necessary equipment, the necessary clothing, and I guess that works for you. And there's probably a lot of places, honestly, that are a lot worse that a lot of great cyclists have had to to power through. You know, Chris Boardman was from the Wirral Peninsula, and we know that place isn't good for riding. And you know, Graham Obrey was from Ayrshire, Scotland, and I'm sure that place is just wet, you know, 90% of the time. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've done winters uh, two or three months in California or Tucson, and it's good, but just that combined with all the, the travel days anymore, going to altitude, obviously uh, doing extended periods of racing on the road, it's just, it's there's nothing that emulates being home and having everything there, your coffee maker, your, your bed, obviously my girlfriend, Jennifer, who's real supportive. Um, so just to have all that stuff, um, and train out of your house is there's a certain peace of mind with that. Um, yeah, for sure. But that, then again, it's, it's always nice to get south for one trip, um, this time over Christmas, we went down to uh, Southern California for uh, ten days, and that that it really splits up the the dreary winter. But. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, so speaking of uh, you know the Northwest and Northwest racing, I thought you might be able to comment on um, a couple of the races we had recently, and specifically, you know, I've I've noticed a theme. Um, you know, there's all these these races that I can't keep straight. Because uh, there are these early season time trials, you know, and they're all Icebreaker, um, Jack Frost, uh, Frostbite time trial. So what's the what's the fascination with these early season time trials? Like, I don't understand, like, why we have to start out the season with a time trial. And I've, I've even been a part of these races for a while and been a part of kind of, you know, the whole Northwest racing scene. I, I still don't quite know why the season always starts out with a time trial like that. Uh, I don't know the exact reason, but 
uh, early season, people are itching to ride their bikes, race their bikes. It's pretty funny that uh, in the Northwest, people train through this crappy weather, be all gung-ho to get on their, their race bikes February 1st, um, go ra- race some rainy time trial and down south. Uh, but then when the sun comes out and the flowers and it, the nice weather comes out, no one really wants to race their bikes in May. So it's always kind of, yeah. I've never really got it, but yeah. uh, I guess that's just kind of how the, the culture is in the Northwest. But I think the time trials, honestly, I think it's just cheap for a promoter to do. They find some small uh, town or quiet farm roads and then take out some permits and get some people to show up, race their time trial bikes. and Sure. So it's just an easy way to hold a race yeah, early time on. Trials are, yeah. Yeah. Logistically, it's a little bit simpler, so you'd, yeah, you're more likely to see that at the beginning sure. of the and they've season. Had, they've had series... I, think there's i've never really done the early season time trials but i know there's series um that they do so it encourages the people to come out to multiple ones but i honestly have never done those well we had some uh, interesting results in the the icebreaker um just a couple quick shout outs you know we had ian ian crane winning by about almost put a minute into the next guy um colby you know WM, I can't pronounce his last name, and Dustin Van Wick. They were both about the same time. And <laughs> looks like Crane put in about 56 seconds or so into those guys. That's a good result for him. Um, and then I also noticed, I think, in, in ninth overall was a Cat 4-5, who's also uh, a triathlete. Jack Tolan got ninth overall in that race. That was, that was a pretty solid race for a guy that's a Cat 4-5 and isn't even you know a standalone bike racer. Um, then in the red to red at, uh, out at Echo, uh, the mountain bike race, um, saw my buddy Zach Heath got fourth overall and I believe he got second in the, the men cat one race. Um, so another solid rider, um, out of LeGrand guy that I get to hook up with, with rides, um, pretty often and he'll, he'll work me over on the mountain bike for sure. I just get hammered by that guy. Um, (laughs) he had a good race, so there's a couple Quick little snippets for you on the kind of the Northwest scene. Um, you know, I know that Dirty Duathlon in Walla Walla happened, and Michael Gordon won that, and that's not a surprise because, you know, he's the only pro triathlete, pro triathlete I know that's out of Walla Walla. <laughs> so probably no trouble for him to take that one down. I don't think that was a very big race, but shout out to him as well. So that's all we've got for you. Morgan, thanks for being on the show and kicking off Northwest Race Report here with our pilot episode. And we'd like to extend a big thank you to our sponsor for today, uh, Canyon Bicycles, presented by Shimano. And Morgan, uh, we're excited for good things for you for 2014. By the way, you've been riding and training, and you know me doing pretty much all I can just to ride your back wheel. It's going to be a good year.